0: Let's get some levels here. I am way too loud. Let's try this again. Levels, like great. you don't
1: watch Yeah,
2: I thought um, it was great. I listened. I listened to Cipher. a little bit of our conversation. I love. I can understand
0: it. it's great. It so it's fun. fun. He is gonna post it. Yeah, but I mean. We
2: are chatting tomorrow.
0: Chatting tomorrow about Boston. So, yes. All right, Gabriel. It's time to. Why was Doctor Johnny you?
3: Fever fired from his previous job? He
4: said the word booger. Very good. He said the word booger. What?
3: Booger.
4: <laughs> what?
1: You're
3: not allowed to say booger on the radio in the seventies. What about
1: what's his name?
0: It had oh. really
4: tight
3: pants.
0: Gary. That
4: was one of the
3: first things he said when he got on the air at
1: WQ. Yeah. I
4: didn't know that was a <laughs> thing. <laughs> he switched it over, screeched the album, and then he went. Good, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the FCC Are oh, you recording at you for anything? Am I recording now?
4: Can't hear you. No, don't.
0: Well, you don't have headphones on, so you can't hear me. I can speak well, up, though. It's
4: awfully selfish for only you to have headphones.
0: <laughs> well, there's four ports. If you bring your own headphones, I can let you have headphones. Hello,
3: everyone. This is Wisconsin Public Radio. And
2: we're, we're all just going to talk we're recording to
3: ourselves. we live. <laughs> here at McFleshman's Bar, a tavern that celebrates... The Wisconsin Art of Brewing.
0: Thank you, Gary. Now, on to the news the weather with Gabriel. Yes. You want me to test what? No, I want you to tell us about the weather. Weather? It's humid today in my warehouse. It was horrible. I bet it
4: was. You (laughs) have a what?
0: Don't you work at the Nixon Ticonderoga factory? That's a typo. He meant whorehouse. Oh, got it.
2: probably and humid
3: in there, too. This is not humid. <laughs> Thankfully, having traveled the world, I now know what the endpoints are oh. for many things. <laughs> this is not humid. What is
4: yeah. the most humid, Gary? What would you categorize? This Singapore. Is. Singapore. Oh, okay. It was so right. humid,
3: you'd have to take a shower if you went outside for like three minutes. Oh, gross. That was the most humid I'd ever seen. Like, I don't know, like, if, if someone had taken out some dry ice, I think it all would have collapsed and it would have rained. It was like... <laughs> what's the hottest you've been in? Hottest I've ever been was in the Danakil depression of Ethiopia, one of the lowest places on the planet. And the car I was in, the uh, thermometer inside said 50 degrees Celsius. Mm. Which is about 127. That's hot. And I'd also seen 120 at Uluru in Australia in the summer. A place where I had visited previously and I slept outside when it was literally freezing. Oh,
4: yeah. huh. wow. So, mm.
3: World travels
4: and that's the weather with Gary.
1: Thanks. Thanks Gary. And speaking of humidity, how's your armpit
4: doing
0: <laughs> Hey, in all seriousness,
4: <laughs>
0: this is the Appleton podcast co-op pods and pints. We meet every month here at McFleshman's on the first Wednesday of every month, we'll go around the table and introduce ourselves. Don't need to go into a long because field. It's a
3: cooperative. That implies that we jointly own it. Yes, you do.
0: You want to take ownership? In the same way that I own the Packers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have thought about doing some form of, like, Farmers Co-op was where I got the inspiration from it for, was they buy in some membership fee, and then it's returned to you at the end of the end of the year kind of a thing in hopes that you've actually made a profit and you can return that member's fee to them, and then they can pay back in kind of a thing. But
4: slowly but surely,
0: that's what I'm saying. If I had to make you pay then I don't think anyone would show up. Well, there'd be a few people that would show up, but I think they're here already,
5: <laughs>
0: to be honest. Um, but I'm David Kelso. I am one of the co-founders of the Appleton Podcast Co-op, and I have some lovely people with us here tonight at McFleshman's, and we'll go around, introduce yourself, give us your name, and the name of your podcast, and I'll link to it in the show notes like I do.
2: Great we're starting with me we're starting with you i am jess of that's deep with eden and jess
0: boom there it is It is is
2: all about conversations authentic vulnerable conversations that we have with uh hopefully interesting people
0: um what's the hottest place you've been to as that seems to be the question
2: uh so i actually lived in yuma arizona yuma yeah yuma arizona is a Technically, they're a small city, but here it would be a big city. <laughs> okay,
3: fair enough. <laughs> the hottest place I've been to is the new nightclub called.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: what does have what, fun you? on Saturday Night Live? No. Oh yes. The hot new nightclub. <laughs> they me, have it's, everything. It's
0: Bill Hader, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> I love him. oh.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. And next, we have our witness protection program <laughs> mentee that we are taking care of tonight. <laughs>
3: You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you come to judge.
1: <laughs> I he's, said It's just Bob. Your name is
4: Inatovich <laughs> I have
1: nothing to say to you. I've heard that most people in Witness Protection Program actually go back to their previous lives. Uh, is, is that true? Huh. I don't know. I've just heard that. I don't know if it's true. Well, pers- <laughs> you look like KGB to
4: me. <laughs> 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 don't trust you <me. laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need more microphones, um, that's I'm all afraid. I have to say. <laughs> uh, speaking of the person that Bob was incoherently yelling at, introduce yourself, Gabriel. You haven't been on since we've recorded. No, I have not. I'm Gabriel Cervantes. Um,
1: I'm originally from San Bernardino, California. I was a funeral director for 21 years, and that's my idea for a initial podcast beginnings, but I've pretty much done absolutely nothing with it other than uh, collect some newspaper articles online about the story I want to do. And Gary's been a help with that.
0: Love it. Yeah, so you're very early on in the process. I know you would probably like eight months ago or so you came to your first one and we were talking
4: about your
1: funeral
0: home. Yeah, I think it was longer Uh, than that. But
1: it's just a matter of laziness. Longer than that. Doing something. Business
4: has been kind of dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's out of that business now, isn't I've it? heard that <laughs> I don't know how many times. And my response is, of course.
0: Of course. Mm. Of course.
4: Are you trying to stiff me?
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel, where's the hottest place you've ever been? Excuse me? Where's the hottest place in the world that you've ever been? Uh, probably Phoenix. I've been to Death Valley, but not in the
1: summer because only crazy people go to Death Valley in the summer. <laughs> but I, where I grew up, it was desert. So we'd hit okay. 114, like, in September. But Ooh. Phoenix... I, I, is like I'm putting your head in an oven. It's entirely yeah, different. Hot. So, so to, to put Human that in context,
2: Phoenix. My brother
1: does. I agree. But.
2: Phoenix is actually slightly northeast of Yuma, Arizona. Okay.
0: So you get you're so, pretty hot in Yuma yeah. too, right? You're more yeah. more heat, <laughs> more of an oven.
2: Yes.
0: Love it.
3: Cool. Gary. My name is Jose Jimenez. My podcast is You Killed My Father. Prepare to die.
0: And and that is the Princess Bride rewatch podcast where they watch every minute and then you do commentary on every minute, which is a thing. There's a podcast in uh, Oshkosh that is uh, they watch the Rocketeer or Rocket. Yeah, the Rocketeer minute by minute. And then they just watch one minute and then do commentary on it. And they're supposed to be making a new huh.
1: new rock a new uh, Princess Bride I heard. So they're new remaking rocket, it. Rocket, they don't need to do it. there are certain movies that I should be remade and certain that shouldn't. Nah, that should not. And I read the book. That the movie follows the the book really closely no except need for to remake it. Except for Peter Falk, he's not in there, the grandpa? But like I thought, uh, Billy Crystal's uh, ad libbing. No, all those lines he does are in the book too. You know, like, they want to remake
2: done. *The Princess Bride*. I'm sorry. They want to remake *The
0: Princess Bride*. Is That's that what I heard. Some? Yeah. Oh it's no. So foolish. It'll be horrible. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's not like you need more modern language or I don't know. The only one, the
1: only remake I did like was you know the 1940 something movie *Sahara* with Humphrey Bogart where he's got the Grant tank. They're, they remade it with Jim Belushi. So much better with Jim Belushi. No, I'm kidding. I've never seen
3: it when just Jim Belushi. You know. The one movie I always felt they really ought to remake, because the premise was good, but the execution was horrible, was Logan's Run.
5: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh. I it remember. was
3: the one of the last science fiction movies before Star Wars in the 70s. And, like, Star Wars, like, once Star Wars came out, it just looked yeah. crappy. Mm. And the idea behind it was good, but... Yeah, they just. Yeah, they when, need to redo it. When Farrah Foster
1: became big, she only had a minor role, and they gave her like top billing on the si- on the posters. So.
3: There's a lot of actually good cheesy '70s science fiction. Like uh, Rollerball is one of my favorite films. Yeah. And they redid Rollerball, and it was terrible.
1: Hmm. What's the one with uh, Bruce Dern with the the bio? Silent domes? Running. Yeah, I, I like that one. Did you like them?
3: That, um, that was the '70s. One. Again, I think that's something that would do That would not translate well Omega Man I think would be oh. redone really well, well I am lucky
1: uh, yeah. if they did it like you were read the book then? No Oh
3: it's incredible If they ever did it like the books
1: book which is the only one that came close. I'm going to write down all these That's the closest they ever came to doing the book All these movies were like based on books Yes How about that? Isn't that amazing?
0: They should just redo the book Now they're making movies about podcasts Uh, Really? TV shows. Yes, TV shows. More Amazon. I want to make a movie about a podcast about movies.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) And all the podcasters are going to look like Tom Cruise and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, we started
2: watching, um, what's that one? Um, Oh, my gosh. Based on a true story, which is on, I think it's on Peacock. Peacock,
0: yeah. Yeah. Which is about
2: about crime podcasts. (laughs)
0: Yes. yes, it's Peacock's yeah. rendition of Only Murders in the Building. I, I am say. generally yes. a yeah, fan. Yeah, of, I agree. <laughs>
3: did you watch? Uh, did you watch Mrs. Davis?
2: Yes, and we finished it, and I absolutely loved it. I was like laughing and crying, and just <clears throat> it's life changing.
3: So Mrs. Davis, <laughs> it's actually a really good series on Peacock. The premise is there's this AI technology that has kind of taken over the world. Oh, yes. Not not taken over the world, right. but she, she, it's like everywhere and everyone is like has her in her ear, and they call her different things in different places. In America, she's known as Mrs. Davis. In Italy, she's known as La Madonna. She's not, I mean, so it's different names everywhere. Right. And there's this nun who. Mrs. Davis basically convinces to go find the Holy Grail.
0: Yeah. And she says, oh, yeah. I'll do it it's under amazing. one condition
3: that if I find it and destroy it, you have to kill yourself.
0: Oh. Yeah.
3: And the AI says, Is Mrs. Davis
0: yes. bad for humanity? Or is did not? I
2: feel like that would give, that would give too much away. Okay. People just have so to just watch go it watch and, the... and see.
5: Okay. Speaking yeah.
3: of that. The nun doesn't like it. Growing, yeah. up, growing yes. up Catholic, I never heard of the Holy Grail until Monty Python's Holy Grail. I've seen oh. the Holy Grail. It's in Valencia, the Grail. Spain.
1: How many of them are there? Though?
3: No, I'm just, I did sweat. a podcast episode, and the podcast came from, if you go to the Cathedral of Valencia, Spain, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's the place that is always, and it's a very not very impressive looking thing.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, they've always claimed that mm. they've had it. Oh. Um, and the Valencia Cathedral, if you go there... On Thursdays at noon, the Valencia Water Council meets, which is the I'm oldest democratically elected body in the world that still exists.
1: Oh. In Spain?
3: Yeah. They uh, basically de- they determine water conflicts for farmers in the Valencia region. And they meet in front of the Valencia Cathedral. And the whole process takes maybe 10 minutes because nobody actually has any claims anymore because of, like, modern plumbing oh, and stuff. So, mm.
1: What's the Holy Grail look like? Is it- I have a picture yeah. of it. Is it fancy? Is it just
3: a cup? No. It's, um, I was going
1: to say, it shouldn't be fancy, because
4: there were poor Jewish guys drinking. Yeah. I mean, Why? they got it back after the Indiana Jones movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> right that
0: was real. That was a documentary. Every yeah. time <laughs> I, I show people like, a picture
3: of the um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the treasury in Petra, that's the first thing they would say, oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's how
1: they know And it. you can
3: actually the walk country. in the little thing, and there's, like, it's nothing there. It's just a blank no space. No Knights Templar. Guys. Nothing.
4: Watch it. Be nice. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Look at the hell. It's still fancy. I mean,
4: come on. There's two handles on it in case you get very drunk.
3: Uh, well, I, I'm actually, <laughs> I thought about doing an episode on uh, holy relics. Bottoms up.
1: That just cracks me up. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um. Cool.
3: Might as well. Yeah. There you go. Because there's some really neat ones. There's one place in Italy that claims to have
0: the holy foreskin. Mm. <laughs> why I know would the they save there's why. The yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs> why? There's the shroud
0: which has Jesus' <laughs> face imprinted on it. I know there's like places that say they. Have I've been to bones the Turin Cathedral like and stuff where like that. they have the
3: shroud of Turin. Yeah, it's not on. It's only on display like once every couple decades, but you could see like the place where it was stored.
4: they said will have it back to you on Tuesday. Cologne, Germany
3: <laughs> claims to have the bones of all three of the wise men. Um, how can you,
0: How do they mow
1: and curly? <laughs> how do they know there's three of them? Because the Bible doesn't <laughs>
0: say three wise. Just men. says wise men. just said men in from the, the east. Yeah, from the east. Magi from the people. east. Yes, it's in I know.
1: I've seen the Guadalupe image in Mexico City, so that's real. I have sure. been back there, out there. to
3: Guadalupe in Spain, uh-huh. which is what Guadalupe in Mexico uh-huh. was based upon. In the Virgin of Guadalupe, uh-huh. the original version of Guadalupe was a, a wooden statue that was buried when the Vandals came into Spain. Uh-huh. And it was uncovered 700 years later when the Vandals left. And it was in perfect condition. And so you can still see the wooden statue. And that is the original Mm. version of Guadalupe from which Guadalupe in Mexico was built. And then the claimed events in Mexico happened around that. Hmm. And Guadalupe was the first place in Europe to grow a potato in the monastery gardens.
4: Wow. (laughs) It (laughs) was taken out of the ground.
3: It had a mask on
1: and became the potato phantom, remember, as we know in history, the great potato phantom. Potato
0: phantom. Oh, my goodness. This is turning into a history podcast. um, So
2: many history podcast slash dad jokes. (laughs) They do do well. Well, you're paying it.
0: (laughs) I just put the mics in front of people and they talk. That's what this is really... I don't have a I don't have a plan coming into this. Oh my gosh! Did uh, Gary introduce himself? I already <laughs> forgot. Gary didn't
4: introduce himself.
0: He doesn't need to introduce himself. Well, yeah, he does.
4: He needs Mr. <sighs> Gary <sighs> Oh yeah,
2: he totally made up a name Ooh. in a <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: Snoopy. He introduced himself already as his alter ego. Hmm. I'm gonna say yes. What? I think. I don't know what you introduced yourself as the first time. Just but. search
3: for Gary. Just search Gary. Actually, if you search Type for Gary, Gary, I tell people, search for Gary and travel, and you'll find it.
0: That's probably... It's signed, very easy to find. 99% accurate. So, We're doing it. Got to test. <laughs> Google, <laughs>
3: Google it. But I have a feeling we're going to be joined by another person It'll within seconds.
1: In so the show seconds. notes. Who is it? What's <sighs> his name? Three, two, two
0: one. Two, one. Randy's Drew! Hey, everybody! Hi, Randy.
4: Welcome. Yeah. you Indiana? Is that Let
0: your
4: name? Let me move my what? things.
0: You're Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, you Gary and Indiana travel.
3: Randy, put it on my tab. Put hey, on Gary. The, Randy. Uh, the guy who works here normally on Wednesdays, uh Joel. Yeah. He just went to Madison, and he got me a T-shirt that... Um, uh, says, my state's been out drinking your state's, Oh no, Wisconsin, out drinking uh, your state since 1848. Yeah. Yep.
0: Accurate.
5: Yeah. Trump it's true. I don't know if it's well, something
0: back, to be proud of, but. A shirt, I
5: said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never it's shirt. I never accurate. I've
0: never, statistically, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yes. You were talking about the one I got from Podfest? I think so. Something, you said oh. you had a, sh- you put it on, you yeah, said I, you I, would
4: give him the shirt off your back. No, you didn't. I did stu- stu- you
1: just said you had a shirt, anybody wanted it. I still got it. I do. Yeah, I've never worn it, so. it's extra large, I'll take it.
2: So when and where is PodFest?
3: Or it's usually it's in Florida every year in
0: um, January. Oh, perfect. But based on Gary's review, I'm not sure if I want to go.
2: Why? You didn't like it?
0: I'll let him tell you. You might enjoy (laughs) it. Okay.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know. No, no. My my purpose of going to these events (laughs) is very mercenary. I am going to either, I'm there for business.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. And there is
3: very little business to be done. But there are a Uh, lot of new podcasters there. And it is a very good place to meet. And For example, um, I met a guy at Podcast Movement last August. We went to the final party, and we were just sitting at the same table. He was from Israel. We were drinking beer, talking, exchanged business cards. Mm -hmm. Six months later, he writes me. It's like, hey, we're doing a project for the Israeli Tourism Board. How would you like to do something with it?
5: Yeah. All
3: right. Um, so those kind of things—that—that that yeah. is the real reason yeah. to go to a conference. Okay. Sitting in the sessions and listening to people—almost useless. But just <laughs> hanging out and talking informally to people at parties and in the hallways—that's where the value
0: lies.
2: Okay. All right. Pay money. Might look get into network. that. Yeah.
0: Go to Florida. Randy, welcome. Hey, Congratulations. You get my microphone
4: because he's really boring. I am.
3: All right.
0: That's why I'm
4: a producer.
3: Not a so, Randy, tell us about the project that you talked about on Facebook. Well, And lean into the microphone. Yes, okay. Well,
6: we're going to kind of see what happens. Um,
4: First, tell us what it is.
6: Well, yeah. Uh, so the idea I'm trying to remember here. Uh, the idea was the uh, sort of a... Uh, I'm calling it a world history of horror. Um, the idea is basically taking a look at... The, I guess the stories and events that have sort of wormed their way into the human mythos, mm. um, be it true crime in some cases, uh, urban mythology, <laughs> folklore, um, things like that. So, like for example, I'm uh, going into, uh, you know, like the first time the word vampire was ever used in print, mm. as one episode.
2: Okay.
6: Another episode might cover. Um, the oh, can't think of her name I just got here <laughs>
4: uh-huh. Mary Shelley
6: Mary Shelley No, no. Taylor Gave her father 40 whacks uh, Lizzie Borden Lizzie Borden Covering Lizzie Borden And then kind of Taking that and looking at the Parallels
3: between that And the Velisca house So let me Let me Let me expand on what I said On Facebook Yeah I, I researched a bunch of history podcasts, and what I found is that there were a lot of very successful podcasts that were very bad. <laughs> and the reason why they were successful is because they had extremely literal titles. The History of England, The History of China, The History of Japan. That's all the name of the podcast was. And so if people are looking for The, the History of yeah. China, that's the first thing that they're going to find. Mm. And it works extremely, extremely well. The problem with my show is... My show is literally titled, it's just that no one searches for it.
5: Mm. Right. And so people they don't know what only
3: find for. my show through chance or through recommendation. No one's searching for oh, I wanna find a show about everything everywhere. No one does that. <laughs> so in my case, it didn't really fit, but I've seen so many cases of shows that really weren't that good that did well because I think of their name. Just for SEO reasons. Oh YouTube is the same way. Yeah. I mean if if you're if you're
6: Showing people what they want, they're at least going to click on it the one time. They may think it sucks.
3: But with YouTube, it's a lot of it's at the individual show level, like the the, the title for a video. Right. In podcasting, it's really for the the whole show. Yeah. So I would just pick the most literal title that you can, and then beyond that, you can put a subtitle or a catchphrase or whatever, but make that the
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, and I, and I did some diving into that, and there are some history of horror type mm. uh, titles out there, podcasts out there. A little bit different than what I'm doing. Um, like, the, there was one, and I, I think it's literally called History of Horror, or something like that. Uh, nobody, nobody copyrights their titles.
4: Uh,
6: <laughs> okay, nobody... <laughs> not big, copyrights or titles. <laughs> uh,
0: I do see people comment about that in groups like, how do I copyright my name and my podcast? Name? I'm like, no. It's not worth
2: it. Not worth
3: not, it, yeah. You can't copyright a title. You can trademark it. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then it's the... That process is
6: just expensive and... Mm. Yeah. Well, and in that case, like the trademark usually is going to include the typography, the
5: mm. everything involved. As an example. Okay.
6: yeah. yeah.
3: The name of my show also happens to share a title with the most recent Academy Award winning movie. Yes. And also is the name of one of the largest mobile phone networks in the UK. Oh. But I had the name first.
4: Right. (laughs) And
3: because it's in a completely different business and a different thing, there are no claims that they could put against me even though they're bigger. Right. But by the same token, I couldn't do anything against them. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally different medium yeah, What was your What was your logic for doing five A week Because that's a lot No it's not <laughs> 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 Okay I'm just thinking Randy as a As a dad and a voiceover actor Full time mm. Five a week Seems a lot to me not to someone who does it full time, and <laughs> named <stand geared>. Gary. <laughs> so the
6: logic there was: number one, I want to be writing every day, and doing five episodes a week is going to force me to write something every day. Um, number two, the plan is to keep them short because, you know, you can, you can take an hour and a half, two hours on an episode or something like this. People are going to lose interest if, if you're not really engaging and really interesting. Whereas if you can chop it down into 15 minute or less pieces, um, number one, it's much easier to record. But number two, you're going mm-hmm. to hold their
3: attention for the whole show.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I am obviously for this. <laughs> but let me explain why. Um, you're right, it does force you to keep the show tight. And there's a lot of, so there are several shows like mine. Uh, Atlas Obscura has a show and the Discovery Channel has a show. And what they do is they have two co-hosts and it's like, so hey Randy, how was your weekend and how was right. that? And there's all this bullshit and that goes on mm-hmm. that's a waste right. of the listeners time. Mm-hmm. If you do a solo scripted show, you keep it extremely tight, there's no BS. Second, if you're doing a show that often, your audience recognizes the work you put in; they really do. And everyone—I well, won't say everyone, but almost everyone that listens to my show—recognizes the fact that I put in a lot of work to do a show that often. It develops loyalty, and it also, once you get a critical mass of episodes created, they are very easy to consume. So my show is about 10 minutes people say they'll just like it's like eating Doritos right Right. you don't binge on steak you binge on cookies and Doritos and candy and things that's just like one after another and a bunch of them yeah
6: the small bites absolutely and
3: so that that works really well it'll take you a while to get to a point where you have a you know but you can get there quickly right right in three months you're a hundred episodes in whereas if you were doing a weekly show that would take you two years so, and, and the other thing is just monetization. Right. So what I did, and I would recommend doing this from my very first episode, I put a spot in the show, I planned around it, I put a logical place to put an ad. Yep. And at first I had no advertisers, so I just made up my own ads for um, uh, affiliate stuff, like uh, Audible, and you can do the same thing. Sure. Go to Audible, create an affiliate account, and then every episode it's like this episode is brought to you by audible my book recommendation today is uh, horror spooky shit by whatever and then you just explain what it is and uh people get accustomed to the fact okay there's this the show has an ad in it and when you then when you get real advertisers
6: yeah your listeners are already used to it yeah yeah that was kind of the plan um and that's the other reason i, I wanted to have a
3: scripted show that i wrote so that I could actually put those in. And mm-hmm. the script can become a blog post right. to drive SEO traffic. Right. And then you can take the scripts, and if you want to, compile it into a book. Correct.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and all of that, and that was all stuff that kind of crossed my mind as well. You know, the big thing is just going to be, you know, David's concern, which is okay, here's work. the plan. Mm-hmm.
3: Now how do I build it into my day-to-day? Mm-hmm. Here, if you want it to become, if you want podcasting to be a business. This is the fastest route to doing it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Absent getting lucky and somehow, you know, if you're not a celebrity, that's going to be very hard to do. Um, but simply because your advertising surface area, if you want to call it that, is larger for doing frequent small shows than it is for doing a big show. Right. So I do two ads per episode and I do about Seventy minutes of content a week. If I did a single seventy-minute show and I put fourteen ads in it, that'd be ridiculous. Right. But two a day, no one really complains. No. So, yeah, you can you can get more advertising and you, you, things. I, I learned. Yeah, I would start. You there. There are places you can go once you get. You want to get to a, like 5,000 downloads as quickly as you can, and there are ways you can do that. Right. I feel like
4: 5,000 per episode? Yes. And
3: that sounds daunting, and it's far more than most people, but it's, it, can, it, it can be done with a minimal investment.
0: And I feel like your topic, though, is very evergreen, like you're not necessarily doing shows that you need to pump something out for the next day, like sports. So it's something you could build up a huge backlog of. Oh, slowly absolutely. Over time. And that
6: was mm-hmm. and that was part of the that was part of the planning behind it as well was that it's a topic where, you know, I could pre-write and even pre-record several and I don't really need to be worried about when they drop.
3: As long as I'm dropping content when I say I'm going to drop it. A show content, like yours would um, arguably be more popular than mine, I think in terms of what most people are interested in. Things like true crime and paranormal and stuff like that do really well. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to your nephew. I I had a Zoom call with him.
4: Can I say something? What? Can I borrow your microphone? I'm going to borrow (laughs) it. Gabe's microphone. To say thank you to Gary, because uh, I have a uh, nephew uh, who has a tremendously successful podcast that went through some tough times. And I told him, I said, you know, the person you need to talk to is Gary from the Appleton uh, (laughs) Appleton, uh, podcast co-op and uh, to be able to ask questions there both of you guys are relatively the same age you've uh, been doing it for a while both of you anyways so uh, i just wanted to say thank you to gary because he gave some very valuable information to uh, tim and uh, it worked out very well so that's i'm giving i'm lauding gary for this and i'm also saying that if there's anybody listening that uh, the uh, appleton uh, what is it again? Appleton Podcast. ABC. Appleton oh, okay. Podcast <laughs> Commune. It, uh, <laughs> it is actually a good resource of knowledge of people uh, who are working within the industry, industry, and that is all I have to say. What
6: That's he's trying it. to say is, whenever you hear awesome. Gary's voice, take notes. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah. The rest of us. One, yes. yeah.
0: The
6: rest of us, you can just kind of you know take yeah. a nap, mow the lawn, whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> Once Gary's
3: talking, you should be writing it down. <laughs> That's why I teed up that question
0: because I knew Gary would. Yeah. So I'd give yourself nice.
3: 18 months, year and a half. Mm-hmm. By 18 months, you should be able to get to a point where uh, you could join a shitty network. <laughs> no, um, but that's what <laughs> I did. I joined, shitty I joined a shitty network. Right. right? And then one year later, I joined a good network. And then I just sort of, you know, ratcheted my way up. And um, the, the shitty network brought in some income. wasn't a ton. Uh, but it was more than paid for everything that I was doing. Uh, which brought me to the next level then, uh, which was what I was able to do. And now I can easily make a living off of, of doing the podcast.
4: Right. You what know, were you
3: going to say about Oh, you know? oh. Uh, he has a paranormal podcast, and uh, he was telling me like, what he was doing uh, several years ago uh, before he had his fallout with his, his, his partner or whatever. That was very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing a lot of downloads. And so I, th- I think that, I mean, that was like in many hundreds of thousands. I think it was like half a million.
5: Mm-hmm. And
3: so I think that the audience is there, like very much there. For sure. And I think a lot of it just
6: goes down to exposure and, uh, you know, getting getting the name out there, getting the
3: you know, I would the write, out there. if you haven't done it yet, uh, sit down and just write 100 to 150 show ideas. That way you at least have that. Yep. You don't have to record them all. Uh, but then, and then over time, just keep adding to the list and taking stuff off. That way you always have this big buffer that you know you can fall back on.
6: Yeah, oh, for sure. And, like, I, um, like I, I, I didn't really tell David. Like, part of my kind of strategy that I have going into it is to, you know, I want to have five, ten shows in the can before I launch anyway.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I'd, like to be, I'd like to be writing two a day on the days that I can write so that when I take a vacation – I can actually take a vacation.
5: Yeah. Um,
3: You know, and that way I kind of have a constant backlog. But the nice thing is we're doing a daily show as well. I have so many episodes. I run reruns. Nobody cares because either they haven't heard it before Mm -hmm. or if they did, it was so long ago that they forgot about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a new show to them. Yeah, you get several hundred, you know, thousand episodes in.
5: Yeah.
6: You, yeah, spring, start sprinkling in reruns. Nobody knows.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: I mean, I, shows that I shows that I listen to all the time are doing that, uh, and they'll say you know classic episode, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and unless I happen to be jumping way backwards and just binging from the front, which occasionally I do, I have no
3: idea that it's a rerun. Yeah, I've never I, heard this material. Especially before. if you're doing yeah. evergreen content like you're doing, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So. Like you mentioned, um, Atlas Obscura. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, they have a short five to fifteen minute podcast just called Atlas Obscura. Oh I know. And yeah. And that
5: one's
6: that one it's it's yeah, they're they're doing reruns all the time. The only reason I know the reruns is that they happen to market in the title.
3: I yeah. And the thing with these these larger companies that have shows, so Discovery has a show like mine. There's a tad bit longer, but again, it's also more fluff, because yeah. there's like mm-hmm. co host talking and stuff. They do three episodes a week, and it requires a team of four people to produce it. I do seven shows a week by myself. Yep. Yeah. Who do you think's gonna go out of business first? Right.
4: <laughs> the other you, thing I was gonna yeah. say about shows, if you can, uh, try to put one in a can at least one or two a week to accumulate them. And oh instead yeah! Instead of trying to do them all at one time, I went on vacation last week, and I had to put sixteen in uh, in reserve so that I could release them while I was on vacation because I do sixteen a week.
3: I haven't and done tomorrow's show yet.
4: You haven't done it yet? I'm not. Ah, I haven't written it. You know what it's going to be about? S- Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I tell
0: it. oh. Weird
3: podcast might be in the Schengen zone, but the
4: history of
0: human manure, <laughs> <laughs> didn't night soil It's oh,
3: close enough. No Although, uh, history on toilets <laughs> would probably actually be quite popular. It probably would be.
4: It was flush with ideas. Wow. Nah, it'd, it'd probably be a very crappy
3: episode, though. I'd probably get comments on Spotify like, you are full of shit. Well,
4: I'm not going to say the next one because
1: I could get From Neil, From Neil Young, right? He'll still <laughs> refuse. It's me or Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, Spotify has comments now, and so I get oh,
5: okay.
3: some weird ones. <laughs> I'm
1: really
6: yep. And my understanding is you can uh, they, they what they rate the episodes now, not the
3: but not the show. Is that uh, no, the, they don't. Is it uh, they don't rate the episodes, but you can leave a comment on an individual oh, episode. okay.
0: You yeah. Episode. You to get an email that says someone on.
3: It. And I always know what episodes are going to get the comments. Because, if, no, if it depends on how approachable the episode is. If I'm doing something on ancient history, no one's going to say a thing. Because they wouldn't be in a position to correct me. I was going to say, because they don't know any better. They're yes. just assuming you're right. Yeah. But if I do it on a place like, oh, yeah, we went there for vacation, and then that, that'll be their comment. You know, it's, that's, it's so funny, though, because, like,
6: I mean, I've got 20-odd years at media, and I've always found that, that – Listener comments are sort of counterintuitive. Like I used to believe, like okay, I know I know which where I'm going to get the comments. <laughs> I never knew where I was going to get the comments. Mm. I was always surprised. Um, I did a I did a bit on uh, a place in Germany called uh, fucking German or fucking Austria, and of course we bleeped it out. They changed the name of it. They did change the name of yeah. it. Yes, yeah, after uh, what well, everyone after kept this. stealing the signs. Yeah. Well, they would get prank calls. The the story we were doing happened to be on the fact that they were doing prank calls. And so we did this whole, like, bit, a five-minute bit on fucking Austria. Nobody called. I I did a bit on Germany where they were doing naked protests. And uh, I said, I don't know what nudity has to do with high rent, because they were protesting high rent. I said, I don't know what nudity has to do with high rent. My co-host says... Well, you, you don't have to get it. It's Germany. I said, that's right. Nothing says I'm smarter than you like a joke nobody else gets. <laughs> that, I got pulled into the manager's office on because he got phone calls. I was like, he says, did you say Germans were pretentious? I said, John, we are pretentious.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, just backing up, and you were talking about uh, four people doing that show, and I, was, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I was listening to a Julia Louis-Dreyfus' podcast. And her first one, I think, was Jane Fonda. And first of all, Jane Fonda was at home, so I thought, oh, okay, she's not in, in with her. And then she mentioned that there's a producer there helping her with the microphone and stuff. So she's wherever she is, New York or wherever, and then she's got a producer in L.A. with Jane Fonda helping her out. So I'm like, you know how many people are working on the show and then they name off all these people that are helping with the show and it's kind of like oh well you know. if
3: Julia Louis-Dreyfus is doing it there's a lot of money behind it oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. well the the interview thing, shows are a whole different the only different thing I can see that to that her course. benefit is she seems to be taking it seriously it's not like the Paris Hilton podcast oh, oh, yeah, or the uh, <laughs> Duchess of Sussex podcast <laughs> which was a
4: very and Megan podcast
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I listened uh, to the Ray Perlman episode with her because I she was the only one that I really known because I've watched all Cheers and it was it felt like she was actually generally interested in hearing what people would say to her questions not just like oh I'm famous so I'm gonna talk to people I don't believe that you
2: don't believe that <laughs> no
6: well and that's I mean as a former uh, former show host who's done a lot of interviews when I talk to my podcasting clients about doing interviews That's one of the things I tell them is that, you know, look, you've got to be interested enough to be able to ask questions that follow up. You know, your audience and by the way, your interviewee is going to know if you just have a Mm -hmm. list of questions and you're just flying through the list, list of questions, like you don't give a shit what they have to say. Right.
3: They're going to figure that out and your audience is going to get it too. That is why I decided not to do an interview podcast. Uh, there have been so many interview podcasts, and I felt if, you, if you're going to make yourself stand out and do it right, one, you have to have interesting guests, and two, you really have to spend the time and research the person you're talking to, to be able to ask interesting things. And that can actually take a lot of work. And I just felt that was... And I I did an interview show for years, from 2009 to like 2021. The travel one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting good guests is hard. It's true. If you do a weekly show, 52 guests a year, let's say 50, can be very difficult to do.
6: I was going to say, you're not getting a daily show out of doing interviews. I,
3: no. John Lee Dumas. <laughs> unless unless you've got a whole staff. But John Lee Dumas' doing. show, it's just like, it's a, it's a set list of questions. Right. And it's 20 minutes and it's not very in-depth.
0: You've got a set format for, here are the questions we're going to ask. Um, <clears throat> I actually think he there. would be
3: smart if he abandoned the... The format? Yeah. Because where uh, he makes most of his money is not straight uh, advertising, yeah. it's affiliate stuff. Right. And he could make a comparable amount by doing it twice a week. At his point, yeah. I and think. he doesn't need guests either. He could do uh, solo shows, which I think would be just as effective, if not more. And I've, I've been in a lot of podcasting groups where I've talked about this, and people are like, they're afraid to do a solo show if they have an interview show. And they're like, if anyone's listening to their show, they like you as the host. They're not going to, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single exception where people went and did a solo show, and it had more downloads than anything else. And they're like, oh, surprised. I'm like, I'm not.
0: Coming out of, like, an interview show or some other...
3: Well, yeah, so they was just possible. did something that, that, was a, that was not an interview, and it did really well. And they were shocked. And I was like, I'm not. That's why people are listening.
5: Right.
3: And a lot of times, people, they want information. They want knowledge. They want guidance. Um, and, yeah, you can get that from an interview, but not necessarily. And I think that there's nothing inherently wrong with interviews. I mean, I've yeah. done a lot of them, uh, but I don't think that you have to. A lot of people start a show And they think Well we have to do interviews
0: I was just gonna Yes The interview I think it helps to Take the pressure Off of the host To feel like they need To be the center of the tension Because yes. some people Don't necessarily <laughs> want to Anybody want yeah. another one
2: Yeah um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, What Refill um, time what do I do should get a sound effect For refills I
2: don't know Do a surprise <laughs> one, one. <laughs> Whatever you have
0: Interviews That sounds good But I'll finish one? this though Sure, I'll do a, a guapo if you want to refi- refill. Um A guapo and a surprise. No, thank you. <laughs> but for interviewing, uh, like, from the radio side of people that were doing uh, radio interview shows on the daily, it was like the amount of work of having a... Per- you had one person that was just in charge of scheduling those interviews, calling the people to make sure they were a good interviewer, and then if they weren't, oh, we got to move on to the next one. And it's so much pivoting and so much. I mean, I think that's the joy of podcasts is there's less editing. It's more conversational. And
5: mm-hmm.
0: hopefully you can get a good conversation out of someone that isn't necessarily in that 30 minute mark that. People are looking for the them.
4: thing is with interviewing is, uh, first we've said it once. You really do have to listen to what's going on in the conversation, and you have to not be afraid to ask a question because if yeah. you are unsure about something or you hear something that someone says, chances are other people are out there saying, well, "What the heck was that?" And not to be afraid to go back and readdress it, and uh, to actually just wait and see because they'll lead you where they're comfortable with, uh, talking. And sometimes you just you have to do something that will uh, surprise only from the standpoint of because it's a truly honest question. Mm -hmm. Now, I was in broadcasting for a number of years and. uh, Very precise number. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal is that I've I've interviewed every president from Richard Nixon to Barack Obama. Uh, The only person I have not interviewed who was president was Trump. And I missed that because of COVID. But um, during the 1980 presidential election, when Walter Mondale was running for president, uh, I interviewed him. And while we were talking, the interview was worthless. There was nothing new that came out of the interview. It was just typical political Mm -hmm. nonsense. And I thought, this is just nothing. And then I looked at him. He didn't actually answer any of your questions and just... Well, no, he did. He answered the questions, but the the, the questions weren't that great to begin with because there was nothing to talk about. So finally, I looked at him and I said, uh, have you lost weight? (laughs) And he said, well, yes, as a matter of fact, I have. He said, I've, I've lost 15. I'm going for 20 pounds. I feel great. And, uh, you know, thank you for noticing that. OK, well, back in the day, not only could you do radio, but you also called in your stories to the Associated Press and the United Press International and uh, that would go from the state uh, lines onto to the Chicago uh, feed and then out into the nation. So anyways, uh, the story that I wrote for the wire service was, was at, remember Mondale running for president, was if it seems as though you're seeing less of Walter Mondale lately, there's a good reason. That night, that night, oh. I heard Peter Jennings use that as his kicker story on the ABC Nightly News. So it doesn't matter. Even the smallest of things if you can pick up on it and it's an honest question can bring out a morsel that people are gonna go Wow, well, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah,
3: so sorry. So, I've got a great Walter Mondale story All right, go for I it. I supposedly according to legend lost my virginity in the same room that Walter Mondale did
4: Was it with Walter Mondale? <laughs> no oh, Well, all right, that this would more have been a story information
2: than anybody was wants. Was it with Walter needs Ron- to Mondale's know. wife? Maybe they want to know.
3: <laughs> no <laughs> And where was that by the way? The Dayton Dormitory at McAllister College. Which one? Room 20. They tore it down. I'll uh, bet there's a plaque on the wall. No, it's not there anymore.
5: <laughs> it's <laughs>
4: now the dining hall. Really? They tore it down. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Did Mundial win his own yes, state? It's one. the only state
4: he won. it's
1: the only he
2: So is that the next question? We're going to go around and say, like, where everybody lost their virginity? Or...
5: You first.
1: I guess Gary already started. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: just not have to be a top man. I try to keep this kid friendly. I'm not
1: going
6: to say this in the morning.
5: Yeah, what the fuck?
1: because they listen. don't have beer. Listen, meat, so well, out. Gary already said the F-word, so... Yeah. And
0: saying.
4: someone said booger on
0: Mike, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but,
4: man, that's it. Rapid. You're
1: out of the
3: job.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, that could be a whole podcast if you wanted
3: it. Well, now you but can't download something. it in Turkmenistan, so... Uh, well, then again, <laughs> you can't talk about boogers
4: there? i throttling my downloads, guys. So, all 12 of them are. You're going to go blind that way. You know that.
1: And Randy, you said that your daughter wants to get into the undertaking business, right? Yeah. How old is she? Oh, be a uh, she's 18. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah,
6: she uh, decided one day that that's where she wanted to go. And I said, well, you, you get that you're going to have to deal with dead people. She goes, yeah, I get that. And it's then, not the dead people. And then knowing want to her, this. I said, "You <laughs> get that you're going to have to deal with living people,
2: right? Yeah,
6: <laughs> right." And she—that would be the hard part. Yeah.
2: yeah.
6: And, I said, and I said, and not only that, but like living people on like the worst day of their lives. Yeah. 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 And she's like, "Yeah, no, I can, I can handle that. I, I, I'll, I'll get through that." I met... So, so like, why
2: did she want to? Why did she choose, or why is she choosing that? I have path? no
6: damn idea. Oh. She just um, demographics. Yeah. Tell, tell her she's not going to get rich. But, no, uh, she and, and she knows. Okay. It's just. That's kind of where her interests lay right now, and I'm hmm. not uh,
4: worried about that.
6: No, here's here's what I told here's what I told her.
4: He's doing a horror podcast. <laughs> well, that's I
0: here's,
6: it up. here's what I told my daughter. I said I said your problem is going to be finding a partner who gets what you're doing, mm. but isn't too excited about it.
3: <laughs> mm.
6: What's your daughter's name? Uh, Lindy
3: come to crazy Lindy's funerals. <laughs> 50% off. Just make it make it way over the top. Remember,
1: you know Loman and Barkley, right? They did a, uh, right, they had a TV show for a while and they did a used hearse uh, car show thing you know ad like yeah how a person says like
3: plays la cucaracha on the horn <laughs> <Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-> <laughs> oh my god
1: <laughs> I had somebody we had a we were doing a funeral we were sitting out standing outside the mortuary and then this car drives by and they had the horn that for the jerk the So they pushed it while we were out there i had
3: a when
6: i was when i was in radio i had a a
3: special visit by corpsey the clown
6: oh man Oh man, nightmare fuel! Uh, I had a, a sales associate.
3: He just slowly comes out of the closet, right? looks
6: around with his big, oh with his big white gloves. He's not wearing clown paint; he's wearing corpse paint. He looks like he's in a death metal band. Um, yeah, no, I, I had a, when I was um, in radio. I had a sales associate who sent me a script for a uh, Mexican restaurant. And he actually literally asked me to play like Cucaracha as a music bed for him.
5: Mm.
6: And I sent it back to him. I said, "There's no way in hell I'm doing that. And there's no way in hell your client approved." Mm. <laughs> yeah. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I said, okay, you don't actually have to speak any Spanish here. Just take a look at the word and tell me what you think that means." The cockroach. The cockroach. Right. You want a Spanish, a Mexican restaurant playing the cockroach? Oh, mm. uh, well, I guess not. No. Uh-oh. No. no. So, fun fact... Uh, We found some uh, hat dance or some... We we found some generic shit. It it is, and racist is shit. Uh, On the other hand, we were up in northern New York, and there wasn't a huge population, and. If we had gone a deeper dive, nobody would have gotten it. Come
3: to Frenchies mm-hmm. Quebec cuisine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. You were going to say something. Yes, fun fact. So, um, speaking of death, my. Wait a
4: minute. fun <laughs> fact speaking of death? <laughs> is this the Barbie movie? Wow. <laughs> my, hey, come on, Jess, tell us about
2: it. My husband says, uh, or had read something or saw something that where, like, the so U.S. military will, like, like, use bodies like corpses, shoot them out of a cannon as like experiments to do experiments or something. So that's how he wants to go or Viking funeral, lit on fire and sent off on a boat. Um, I want to be turned into a diamond, but that costs a significant I, amount of money.
6: I told my wife what I want. They can, uh, they can press your ashes into a record now.
2: Into a record. And oh shoot! I
6: wake my kids up in the morning by singing to them.
2: Okay.
5: The
6: most... Obnoxious, annoying songs I can think of, and I said I would absolutely love it if we could get a recording of me yes. singing to the kids, and then press that into a record made of my ashes.
2: <laughs> yes, I love that idea. I
3: want to get turned into an MP3. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, aren't you already?
4: <laughs> Maybe okay, you turn into an iPod Nano. There is something I, I did a podcast about this one. They have um, a casket. That is made out of mushroom stems. Okay, it's an actual casket. Okay. You get buried, you get buried in it. They put it in the ground like and it
2: biodegradable you know, kind of, yeah.
4: And then you get mushrooms. I'm going that way, but mine are going to be red. Uh, there is one that does
3: trees too.
4: Yes. yes.
2: Yeah.
3: And then you heard what happened when the guy that invented the USB drive died. They, they inserted his coffin in the ground and then they had to pick it up, turn it over, and put it in again.
6: And then, and then they probably had to pick it up, turn it around the same way again, and put it back in.
1: <laughs> There's that whole green burial thing that's coming into vogue where they they don't embalm or anything. They put they don't use a mm. casket. They wrap the body and put it in the ground. Yeah. There's no grass, but the thing is, I'm sure it's expensive as all get out. Do you, you know.
4: Still keep up with-
1: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I do memes and stuff. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of friends in the business. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Well, considering that you can't even,
6: I mean, you can't even legally spread ashes without a permit, right? Basically, but people do. So, well, you know. I mean, people do. Yeah. yeah. But I, I can't imagine that interring an entire human body would be
1: easier yeah. than that. Yeah. The thing is, see, and, and I was getting at expense because I'm cheap and that's what I always think, how much is going to cost? And in California, they had the Neptune Society. I don't know if they had that out here. The, the low cost, the low cost alternative to expensive burials or something like that, right? Mm. So they they really popularized cremation. I mean, it's already big out there, but they made a big deal. It's a society. It's not a funeral home. You know, but the thing is, legally, it's a funeral home. It has to be licensed through the state of California. And a lot of times, I mean, prices go up and down. We were cheaper to do a direct cremation, no funeral. We were cheaper than Neptune Society. They'd always brag, "Oh will do this and that." Well, how come we're two hundred dollars? Crazy money's you?
6: cremations. <laughs> Our
4: prices are on well, fire. Well,
1: <laughs> as I said, I'm Burn motivated one, get one free. I'm, I'm motivated by cost. And they say, "Well, we're, we we beat the funeral homes because we're cheaper. We do it better." And no, you're not. We do it. I remember I met a girl at the health department in San Bernardino filing a death certificate from L.A. and she's with Neptune Society, and she was bragging about it. And then she said, yeah, we cremated Steve McQueen and all this. And then years later, through my memes and all that, I found out that that was bullshit, that they didn't. Neptune Society did not cremate Steve McQueen. Somebody else did. But anyway, so <laughs> that's another thing to the whole celebrity thing, like mm-hmm. a certain famous celebrity that you probably haven't heard of because he's old school. But um, you know who he is. But anyway, his wife purposely... I'll give it to, me, it, really? it to you afterwards. I want to know. Uh, uh, You're not going to say it because Well, put it this way. He's part of the rat crack. So, there we go. Anyway, his wife purposely had the limo driver wait 20 minutes so she could come to the funeral late and make an entrance. And uh, all this and that, never paid the bill. So, just thought I'd tell you that.
3: But anyway, so, uh, but- How is is that impressive, coming to your husband's funeral late? Well, it's Hollywood, so. Like you were busy doing something else? (laughs) (laughs)
5: Listen,
6: he can't be the only one who shows up late. (laughs)
1: I mean, <laughs> the, that, all the tense is going to be to the widow anyway. But and then, but females do very good in the business. Uh, I've known like three females who refuse to see families. They hate it. She, so, but, she actually doesn't want to. I asked her about this. She hang actually. Hang, a, on,
4: hang on a second. He has been not telling. He's been telling us he's going to do a funeral home podcast. Has done but nothing. Has been doing it? We mentioned funerals or or, or, or being a mortician. He's got the bit in his teeth, and he's ready to go. You need to get started on your podcast. Do it. This, podcast is
1: this is true.
0: About historical...
4: Well, that one
1: story, sir, but Gary brought up sir, the point that a, there should be nah, other stories. Be too. It? Oh, heck yeah. My coroner friend I talked to all the time, we, she has a million stories. I have a million stories. You guys but that's the other thing. And, get a
0: pint and, then do well, and
1: that's the thing, too, about the whole privacy thing. I mean, these are all stories that happened 20 years ago, but is somebody going to come back and say, hey, wait a minute, that's my dad that... You know, well, you don't necessarily
4: that. use the same well, as long as you know, we're don't not going to use names at all. At all. Right. We're not going to
1: yeah. use names at all, but some yeah. of the stories are just
4: do you always refer to this person as your coroner friend? Yes, this is why you have no friends. <laughs> I mean, I'll <laughs> it's tell you, better,
6: you know, from, from just, just from a, a I, I'm not a legal perspective because not a non attorney, uh, but you know, if you tell a story about somebody and it could embarrass their family, but you don't say who it is. They're most likely not going to come after you because the whole point is it's an embarrassing story. Yeah, mm. they come after you
3: now. Everybody knows who you're talking about. Uh, that's yeah. a good point. That was yeah. me you were talking about shitting in their pants on your podcast. Oh, <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> shitting will, pants is so common. I will but go to
1: the media and tell them. There's a funeral. There's a me funeral me Facebook page I follow. Shitting their they pants. said what was the what was the craziest thing you saw? And I had some doozy stories. These guys were like beaten mine by long shot, I mean, horrible stories. Mm. One was like a, a kid had actually gotten into the parents' stash or something and OD'd on uh, uh, fentanyl, oh. and then the parents were sitting there shooting up in the in the parking lot of the, at the funeral, oh. at the march point while the kid's funeral's going on. Stuff like that, just crazy. Maybe I mean, couldn't that, 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 do this. That's not,
4: that's, that's not my that story, that's not my story. People yeah. would yeah. eat oh, this story. shit up. Oh
1: yeah, they'll eat it up. People would eat this it's shit up. It's like true crime, yeah. so yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 But more anyway, thing. but if you want to talk more later, right. that, women I know that meet with families, p- families love the heck out of them. Mm. I was really good with families. I'm not bragging. They liked me. I, I treated them well. I didn't rip mm. them off. I didn't rip them off. But to get a female in there, man, they're just like all over. I'm hugging them and they. You know, anyway. I but if she's serious that. about,
2: th- I could see that.
1: If yeah. she's serious about the business, she could do really well. And and if she gets the national licensing, I was never an embalmer, but if she does that, she can work anywhere she wants in the country. You know. Yeah,
6: I know yeah. she. Um, I know we have to go. She has to go through the whole. Uh, what is it? A sixteen-hour course just to be able to. Um, just to be able to apprentice.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's actually more strict in Wisconsin than it is in California, which is weird. Like, Mm. I couldn't do my job here. That's part of the reason I didn't do it. I can't meet with the family because I don't have a degree. Well, what's crazy is, like, uh, uh, the
6: state of Wisconsin has a list of four people, four people who are um, licensed to actually administer this 16-hour course. Oh. And I don't know why they bothered because all four of them work out of the same fucking place in Madison. Oh, really? Wow, yeah.
1: But or it's uh, Milwaukee, actually. But these and I worked at busy firms. and we, we would do. Sometimes we'd have. Uh, I do. I see five families in one day. I mean. These podunk mortuaries around here, nobody does that. If they get five families in a week, they're happy. Well, so we'll you know.
4: Busy
1: funeral firms. Yeah. Well, that's the word. To t- so I'm, were you just like number eighty-seven? Kinda. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, it is a business and it's Take a service. A number, so. sir. <laughs> we do we do fourteen funerals in two days. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. And a lot of it was a high crime area, so a lot oh of homicides. God. All right, come on, come on, move it, move it, oh move. God. We got a Two I o'clock. Know. It's a business. What can I heady say? heady
6: days. The corpses and the coke was flowing. <laughs> But
1: I, I'm, but I treated the families well, and they liked me, you know. So, like I said, it was a yeah. you can't, you know. We
0: joke about it, and I joke about it, but legitimately, it's a serious.
4: Nobody likes a funny mortician. Just so you
0: know. Oh, they love it. I just think about like when I've been to a funeral in Wisconsin. Like it takes up the funeral home for the full day. It's like how can you do seven and yeah, one that's day? That's weird. Like I would joke with the family. Let me see what I got. There, well, this is a, a ten dollar bill. But like they would write me a check back
1: when people used to write checks. I haven't written one in two years, I'm proud to say. But anyway, they would write me the check at the end, and I would go, didn't bounce, in front of the family. They'd laugh, you know, depending on the situation. But I would generally make them laugh. I'd say stupid jokes, or they liked me. So, you know, it wasn't... And see you guys are looking at me weird, but it's yeah, you know, it's probably Tur- make the
0: same Turns, out,
1: I
6: knew, turns oh yeah. out Grandpa Stan yeah. Turns out Grandpa Stan went out at terminal velocity trying to jump
4: out of clear, an airplane. Yeah. We're gonna do and and a, a going, second
3: funeral for free, if yeah. you know what I mean. You've got to buy one
1: and
4: get one free. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why you collect problem. that's why you collect payment the day before the funeral. Tur- it turns
6: counts. out Grandpa Stan died in a, in a in a parachuting accident, you're dropping a check going, well the check didn't
1: bounce. But That's what I said. I wouldn't do it in every circumstance. States, so,
3: you know. <laughs> one family I had, oh, I went boy. through the whole
1: arrangement with this family, no big deal. And then they complained to my boss the next day or <laughs> a, a week later, very angrily, because I referred to the decedent as a bo- the body. We're going to get the body from the hospital. We're going to do this. Mm. Was very upset. So I learned not to say it. Very next family I see. So when, when are you going to get the body from the hospital? You know, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And One thing I never did, like, we, you would instruct the pallbearers on how to carry the casket from the hearse to the little... Uh, Cart thing church cart church truck and um, I would I would hate it when other guys would say okay gonna grab it by the handles I was, no just grab grab the handles don't say it even though it's a casket and it's an it it's just you know little things like that you don't know if it's gonna trigger as they say now but anyway things like that dude
3: I have a great idea for a reality show wow my 600 pound funeral
1: <laughs> oh I've done plenty God. of those. and those are a lot more common now. So yeah. We're gonna need some more boulder. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. A, a lot, lot. Wow.
5: wow. We're
1: gonna need a bigger cat. Yeah, get Ray Schneider there. We're gonna need a bigger hearse. That was another one I had where the the one again, I wasn't embalmer. I picked up <laughs> for a forklift
3: like eep, eep. <laughs> They've done it.
1: But we had this person that died that was really big, so the embalmers went to the more to measure, because you go elbow to elbow, and they said it's going to be this size of, cas- size of casket, and I measured the hearse, it wouldn't fit in the hearse. So they were saying we might have to lose a flatbed truck so, I, like an idiot, I I'd go and tell the family that, and that was, didn't go over mm. well. And then plus, I went to the morgue and measured the body too, and yeah. I measured it narrower, and we were able to get a, a slightly less not you huge... just
3: squish them? Oh, well, and... they don't look
1: right. They look, wow. you don't, you gotta make, Then they never look right over big it, people. Anyway, so thick. I, so I got a it, we got off. to use the hearse on it, but that, it, I think we ended up refunding it. Every, every morbidly huge obese person, we always ended up, it seemed like we always ended up giving them money back, because they never looked right. And it just it just didn't go well. Did they look right when they were alive? No, well, but they expect them to look. right. I'm sorry,
6: right. sir. I need you to pay yeah, for two there, plots. there's <laughs>
2: a yeah. that's a legitimate thing. Yeah. I remember when one of when there was a death in the family. I don't want to like say too much, but there was a death in the family, and one of the family members went on saw the casket and saw the person and was like, "No, this hair isn't right." Got a comb from the funeral director. The funeral funeral director happened to have a comb and, and she was literally in there like combing yeah. the dude's hair like no he doesn't look right and it was like me because I I have a different way of thinking about death to me it was amusing but it was also quite sad <laughs> yeah.
1: but I've had families do the makeup or, or certain right. cultures dress yeah. Mormons dress their own uh, Sikhs will dress their own, they get the, the turban and they do that. I had like a 15 of them in this little room dressing and it's certain cultures would do that. Jews depending on their which level. you know if I actually had are.
2: to choose a funeral home and I chose it based on the fact that the webs- that it had the best looking website. Like literally, that's the reason. Why. That yes, yeah. I was like, "Well, this yeah. has the best looking website, so yeah. they seem hey, you know cool? they seem like they care."
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just enra- I don't know about how good this funeral home is,
3: but their social media is hopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they taking selfies like on in their Instagram? Like the people are doing that too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what was I wasn't gonna say. I don't know. I Hashtag goodbye, okay. grand. Have you ever seen that <laughs> meme where the guy's doing the peace sign in front of a grave? The grave, yeah. Do yeah. you know where that comes from? No, I was going to ask. But... Um, it, it's, it was actually the uh, set of, a mo- of uh, one of the episodes of Arrow. I
0: was, thought I recognized it's that. It's
3: not a real funeral. It yeah. was like, like the cast members were goofing around, and there's a whole bunch of photos of them. What show is that? Arrow. I just have to say
4: something. Before we go any further with this, you guys are giving the peace sign, okay? You're doing it the wrong way. The peace sign has to be with the fingers extended forward like that not backwards because backwards it means shove it up your ass in mm. europe no in america in the 1970s that's was it if you walked around and somebody would say peace you'd look at somebody like your profs or, or your teachers and you'd go yeah peace and you'd throw it to them backwards Sorry. And when Richard Nixon did it, listen,
1: I gestured what
6: I gestured.
5: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: used one finger it. But the thing is too, one more thing about funeral business. I read I read this book, it is really interesting. But the guy the author compared it with um, talking about sex. And like think about Victorian times. Sex you did not talk about sex. It was, yeah. you know, they covered table legs, you know, things like that. But but there's common to have three generations at home, so grandma died at home infant mortality rate was high, you'd have the funeral at home, so here's Junior or here's Grandma and it laid out in a living room, possibly taken the only photo of their whole existence was taken when they were dead. You know, this uh, anyway, so that was very open. Death was there, you know, disease, all that. But you didn't talk about sex now, it's reversed. Well, sex is all open. And this was this book was written probably in the 70s, and it's still that way now. I okay, mean, here's the deal, and we're, and we're taking pictures of it and posting children. it on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, wait, <laughs> but she didn't look like that. That's not the famous photo, <laughs> and she was a lot thinner. Four, and I meant white, like Mad Magazine said, they said there's no sex in Victoria, even era, and then they show that common drawing of her and they say this is why you know because she looked like that but she didn't always look like that so
4: you have a look of consternation no I just
3: said that there's a great PBS series about Victoria okay sex in the no and then I was uh, what was the um, it was one of the Marvel things and then this woman appears and she's like Constantine I was like where is she from it's like oh yeah she's Queen Victoria and she learned Latin for it that's why I am
1: so anyway, that's why the funeral yeah. podcast would be interesting because it's so like you, you guys are all joking about it. It's we're
4: waiting. You say you're gonna do it. Leave me no, alone. You're be nice. so excited about I know, it. I know. Okay? I know. Okay. You have so much. And to I say. even brought up
1: the story I want to do. So that's the that's, and that's the thing, even better. So
4: about, I don't know what you're
1: waiting for. Fame. Just do it. Um, <laughs> and part of it.
0: Aren't you already famous with your memes?
1: <laughs> not really. But part of it too is the movie Bernie with uh, what's his mm, name Jack Black. Bernie? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's too. But they, it was oh. a comedy based on a true story. with Shirley yeah. McLean. this I want, I don't necessarily say I don't want humor in it, but I want it to be portrayed as this is what happened, you know. I mean, obviously, the first thing that comes out with me included is a joke, like, oh, that's dead. You know, but there's, you know, there's so much more you
4: know, to it. There is yeah. a story that Buddy Hackett told. You probably don't know who he was, but he's a comedian. And he was on Johnny Carson one night, and one of his jobs he had was driving a hearse. And he was supposed to lead this funeral procession. He did, somehow got separated from the rest of the people and was just driving around LA. And, and in this, because he used to talk like this, and over his voice, anybody want to go to the ball game today? But <laughs> he didn't know where the people were. Oh. Have if you hear the picture? Buddy
3: Hackett story about Neil Armstrong? No. So he's, he's, um, he was on The Tonight Show telling the stories like, um, everybody knows what Neil Armstrong's first words were on the moon. But nobody knows what his last words were when he stepped off the moon. He said, good luck, Mr. Gorski. And nobody understood what it meant for years. And everyone asked Neil Armstrong, what did it mean? He refused to talk about it. And finally, decades later, he says, well, I can talk about it now. He was growing up in Ohio, and his neighbors were the Gorskys. And he remembered Mr. and Mrs. Gorsky fighting. And Mrs. Gorsky yelled at him and said, you'll get oral sex from me when that Armstrong boy walks on the moon.
1: <laughs> well, I believe this was, uh, nice. this might have been Marty. Oh, no, I think it was Buddy Hackett that said this, and this is another joke that you won't get. But he said, Frank Sinatra saved my, he said, Frank Sinatra <laughs> saved my life once. He said, go easy on him,
3: boys. <laughs> Buddy Hackett was hilarious. He
4: was. He got in trouble a lot, though. He was on one night. I'm not going to tell it because it's really not
3: <laughs> but um, public
2: television that's day. why you should tell me on the other guy that that
3: people didn't know was like a really dirty comic was Red Fox oh yeah, oh, yeah. my it dad talks about yeah. he talks about yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. he was on Sanford and Center. everyone thought oh yeah right. no
1: he was on some special way back and my dad has been dead for a while but somebody oh, yeah. made a joke because why don't you go make a dirty record and my dad thought Johnny that Carson was hysterical is? he <laughs> just laughed and laughed <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's true he was and you listen to him now and it's kinda like it's a it's P G now. I've heard Buddy the but I could tell
0: you. Anything
1: well he was in those beach movies, right? He was Eric von Zipper? Was he Eric von Zipper or is that no no no,
4: no. that was Henry Von Zell. Sorry, that's who played Henry uh, Zipper. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh well, I think it's buddy Hackett. And I believe it But he kind of looked the same Henry Monzel's son Is actually a producer Oh really I only believe Half the things About himself I know I
1: don't believe Anything you Well said. he knew as He as knew I the, have... the <laughs> producer And showrunner For Only Murders In the Building Who went to high school With my wife He named him Right off the bat I'm like We don't
4: even talk about that And who We're is mine.
1: it John Hoffman So you knew <laughs> that And I'm like You know John Hoffman's name And he said He's the showrunner And I go yeah How did you read <laughs> that? Yeah, yes. There are
3: way too many True crime And I don't understand it why it's so popular? Yes.
0: Steve I mean, I Martin. Yeah.
1: Steve Martin, Martin Short, it. Selena Gomez, right there.
3: But I don't <laughs> understand why, like, the the obsession with it.
1: John, don't listen mm. to him. And he it's mostly
3: himself. women. Well, I think people...
1: Uh,
2: my dad is pretty... <laughs> but he's also, like, a self-defense guy, so he's, like, uh, bad things can happen to you. So I think you part need of it is people
6: to... <laughs> like a mystery. Yeah. And they, they, they like to they like to think that they can be the one to solve a mystery.
1: Well it's Steve Martin and Martin
4: Short too, that's a big deal. Quite right fair. So can I make an observation? There are a lot of murder mysteries that are out of England, Great Britain, the United Kingdom. There can't be anybody left. They've got these small towns, and like 500 people died in the town. Why didn't you move away? Well, if you watch <laughs> any sort
1: of British drama or anything, it's always the same 10 actors. Oh
4: yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I, my yeah. wife watches a lot, and I go, "That she was on this other show, and it's well, all the same people." I'm watching the, the TV show Endeavor. Okay? I'd never watched it. It's an old series. And you see all of the same people. You know, it's like, oh, that's a guy who he was the prime minister in yeah. you know the last.
1: Like, that. there's one of my wife's watching, and Judy Dench is on it. I'm thinking, I thought she was above Jane all this. I thought she was above all this by now, but no, she no, was no, on no. it,
0: so. You know. <laughs> Have you seen Broadchurch?
2: Oh yeah, I've seen. I'm, I know that.
4: I've, I've seen, seen the, maybe, the, the yeah. program, but
0: Uh, David Tennant and mm-hmm. Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman. Yeah. I like Olivia
4: uh, Coleman, it's a great. Mm-hmm.
6: Broad Broadchurch was probably the first. TV show that made me
3: ugly cry in a yeah. long, long time. Mm. I'm not kidding.
2: It's an, it's intense.
3: Do you remember the Avengers TV show? Yes. No, nothing to do with the Marvel stuff right. Right. from the 60s, the British. But they were they were spies or what? Diana Rigg? Yeah, yeah Diana, Diana Rigg. I remember her. Name? Um Diana Rigg was hot. To the Googles. Yes. She was the Back old up, yeah, woman in Game of Thrones. Yes. She was the uh what was her character's name? But she was, like, the matriarch of whatever the family and ended up, like... But, like, in the 60s? Patrick, I didn't even know it was Diana Rigg for, like, a year of watching Game of Thrones. I was like,
4: oh, you kind like, hey, hit me. She was also on uh, the new version of... All Patrick McNeil. I feel All like the... What? Small, huh?
3: I feel like the guy
6: who was in Avengers passed away recently. Like, within the last couple of years.
3: Um... No 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 We're talking Avengers Not right. Marvel Yeah okay. is a What's British TV show McKinney?
0: Not in my generation Nope I don't Do you ever watch The Prisoner?
3: That. No That is I have the entire um, Series on, on DVD So basically It's this This guy wakes up He works for The British government As a spy You never know What his name is And uh, he has a number and he's in this community where everyone is known by a number. And the person who leads the community is number two. And it's actually a real place in Wales, evidently like a resort village that's still there. But it's this pristine sort of, I don't know, stereotypical community where everything's nice.
1: Is that where number four uh, runs the place, but then he leaves for New York, and then number 12 steps in, and it's all he does hallucinogenic drugs. Oh no, that's the Packers. Okay, sorry.
3: No, this is I tried. Uh, the guy who played I tried. Edward Longshanks in Braveheart, was the guy in The Prisoner. And um, yeah, it's just a very trippy, they did a very good job with it, uh, late 60s, early 70s, I think. And uh, again, another British show, and like supposedly it was supposed to be maybe like he, he was James Bond, mm-hmm. but it was never mentioned.
4: Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those kind of shows. Right? I mean, there was the, you know Secret Agent Man was like the, the, it was the best the theme song. song. Best theme song.
3: <laughs> In like Flint, uh, James Coburn. Coburn.
0: Sorry, get, get smart. Man from Uncle. <laughs> well, we're coming up on an hour of recording,
3: so I think we'll cut That's the recording. All? Yeah. This is, this is like fifty minutes of talking about
0: dead people. I, <laughs> I think longer than that. I think
4: A new definition of dead air.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of the episode, Dead Air. You
4: didn't tell us where Perfect. you lost your
0: virginity. <laughs> I don't need to tell you where I lost you my virginity. You haven't
4: lost it yet? Oh my god.
0: Yes, I'm is this going why home, he doesn't to lose have my virginity <laughs> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't give Bob a mic. That's the only reason. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for her. listening. If she
1: goes into the business; she will do very well. If she works for a smaller firm like around here, she might be mowing lawns. I never had to do that. Uh, you know, it's part of the deal. But the hours can be bad. She might be doing ten day stretches. On call. Well, yeah, I <laughs> mean, And she'll see gross things, but you know, but the families will be. Difficult, but then she'll be real helpful with them. Probably. if shes I'm assuming she's a nice person. She'll do really well with them. Assuming. <laughs> she's
6: <laughs> nice. She's shy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that'll that, was, be. that was why I, I had to warn her. I, I told her, I said, you know, you're going to deal with the living. And she was actually less
1: enthused about that than dealing with the dead.
2: Yeah. But... Well, like in. I said, some
1: people don't Switch even like dealing with the families; <laughs> they just want to do the involvement. If she
3: can do mortuary science, just do laboratory work instead.
6: There's a there's a great uh, uh, huh? there's a great um, Jerry Seinfeld bit where he talks about uh, how the the fear of public speaking
5: yeah.
2: mm.
6: is actually far greater among people than the fear of death. Yeah. He said, in other words, most of you would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, can she, is she strong? Like, can she lift? Because that's a big deal. Not all of them can lift, but. Again,
6: guys- I've told her this.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we, we refer to her tiny bird bones. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not strong.
0: Let's finish this conversation off, Mike. If you want to join <laughs> in the conversation, join us next month for Pods and Pints with the Podcast Co op. If you want to hear some
4: really intellectual podcasting, make sure you listen to the one on. Wednesday, oh. was it Wednesday? Our Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday morning. Wednesday,
0: uh, I'm going
2: to be at the next Wednesday morning. Ooh, once, so I'm, I'm we're going to so be at the Community
0: Foundation building, which I need to get the address for and make a graphic for. But thanks for listening to this episode. We will see you next month. Cheers. Cheers.